What's up, everyone? Welcome into the 143. This is Under Review. I am Joseph Penn here with my boy Nick Jarvis. What's up, everybody? And we are your hosts for Under Review. And here on Under Review, every week we're going to talk about things going on in the sports world. We're going to give our hot takes and opinions on what's going on. And we're just going to have discussions based on We'll give that. you the correct opinions, the correct obviously. Opinion, the better opinions. Yes. That's what we're going to give you. Yeah. Anyways, here on Under Review, we like to start our shows off with an interesting stat and our player of the week. And our interesting stat this week is brought to you by Andrews Logistics, who is currently looking for CDL licensed drivers. So if you're interested, give them a call. But our interesting stat comes from the Saturday night game, Bills versus Patriots. And in that game, the Bills came out and had the ball seven times just seven possessions, and scored a touchdown in each one of those possessions. The first time it's happened in a playoff game, and I'm sure the first time it's ever happened to Bill Belichick. They went seven for seven in a playoff game, which is very, very impressive, especially against a Belichick defense. His lethal defense. That stat brought to you by Andrews Logistics. Sure. All right, our player of the week, the first one ever. It is going to be Mr. Josh Allen. Standing at a whopping 6'5", 237 pounds. What a man. This absolute dog just absolutely destroyed Bill Belichick's top five New England Patriots Mm. defense. Throwing for 308 yards, completing 21 of his 25 passes, throwing for five touchdowns and zero interceptions. He threw... More touchdowns than he did interceptions, which is absolutely insane. That's crazy. And as if the arm talent of this man was not enough, he gets it done with his legs, yes, rushing for 66 yards off of six carries. One throw that specifically impressed me was his touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders in the third quarter. What a Absolutely dime. slung it to him in the back of the end zone. I was very impressed by Mr. Allen this Just week. An all-around The first ever player of the week, so... He should Josh, feel special. Feel honored. Feel free to call into the show or or come into he the show. He should feel special anyway, though, because he's a quarterback he should, playing in the NFL in the playoffs. He is special. He should feel even more special now that we've given him a shout out. All right. So our first topic and our first show is actually a heartbreaker. Mm. Our Dallas Cowboys fell and fell hard to the 49ers on Sunday afternoon in prime time. So this week, we are putting the Cowboys under review. Unfortunately. And Nick, I just have to ask you this question. What do you think was the biggest contributor in the Cowboys' loss to the San Francisco 49ers? One thing that was not there at all through the entire game, I guess they had a little bit, but it was that offense. I would say it was non-existent. I was really overall not all impressed with Dakota's performance, completing 23 of his 43 passes, barely over 50%, throwing for only 254 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. He did get it done a little bit with his legs on his four carries for 27 yards, which was the other touchdown of the game. have to give him that. But he just struggled to complete passes throughout the entire game. Um, Whenever every single time he rolled out, I mean, the throw on the run, was just not there. He was it trying was to, terrible. It was terrible. We couldn't get CeeDee Lamb involved. I mean, he was targeted five times, but we could only 
actually complete it to him once. Or even five targets is just ridiculous. He's supposed to be our Yeah, exactly. Receiver. And even like the passes to CD were absolutely atrocious. Like I remember a couple times when he was sitting open on the sideline and Dak would just sling it two feet over his head. It's like, yeah, what are you doing? Un- uncatchable. They were uncatchable. I mean, you would expect with how much money you're paying this $75 million dollars in one year. You would just assume that you would get playoff results, one not a only first round exit to the six seed team. Exactly. I would like. I would have liked to maybe see a little bit more work given to Mister Tony Pollard. Yeah, Tony Pollard needed more more carries, definitely more than Zeke. Zeke only had thirty one yards on twelve attempts. Thirty one yards from our ninety six million dollar running back, our star running back. I mean. That's that's not acceptable. His his like not acceptable. Thing that he does is the little feed me thing. Well, we fed you. You didn't eat. We gave you what you that wanted. That was kind of a we problem. Gave you what you wanted. Um, I like Tony Pollard better. I feel like he's, he's more explosive. He's more athletic. He's more explosive. He's quicker. He has better hands. Zeke drops way too many screens. That should be a give me. I think he dropped. I don't have the actual stat, but I feel like it was every screen that he got. I, mean, I don't know catching a single screen. <laughs> it was either zero or one. We had to punt on way, way too many drives. We had 11 drives, and to only come out with Zeke had one reception, 17 points, that's not very good. And also, oh, those penalties, Let man. us talk about the penalties. Absolute drive killers. Dallas had 14 penalties. 89 yards. Let, let me just say to 14 penalties in a playoff game is a franchise record for a playoff game in penalties. That's absolutely atrocious. That's that's not acceptable in the playoffs. And and we were the highest penalized team per game in the regular season. So something about that needs to change because that's mm-hmm. what's costing us. It cost us the Thanksgiving Day game and it cost us um, part, five, part of, five of our defensive penalties actually gave um, the 49ers a first down, which that Crucial. kills momentum on defense when you're holding or when you're Especially like. Especially when our defense plays yes, pretty much. Yes, when game. you're doing your job and holding them to a minimal amount of yards, and then you get a dumb penalty that just gives them the first down, and all your momentum on defense is gone. I thought I was impressed with Leighton Vanderesh. There was a little bit of mm-hmm. concern. It's about time, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, since Keanu Neal was out with COVID, Leighton Vanderesh stepped up and he turned out to be the leading tackler on our team. And then, a boy, Leighton. Micah, Micah came out. And I was, was going to say, Micah Parsons obviously showed out. You know, just a great job. another day at the office for old Micah. Our de- I think our defense played very well. 23 points from a highly explosive offense. That's. And some crucial, crucial stops in the fourth I would quarter. agree. When I we needed agree. them most, they got those stops. Mm-hmm. I will say something else about our offense that is very just sad is two top DBs for the 49ers were also out. So they had a depleted secondary, which mm-hmm. one would assume that a $75 million quarterback would take advantage of that and throw it downfield. He did not. And he was unable to get any passes off downfield, hardly. Defensively, for Dallas, Debo Samuel presented a problem. It seems like every single play. running us crazy. If he wanted to run the ball, he ran it. If he, he wanted, wanted to catch, catch and run, he did that. We made Jimmy G look like an amazing quarterback. Exactly. And not that Jimmy G is awful. He's 
he's just average. He's an average. He's an average. Like, he's a pocket passer. I don't think he right. he should have been torching right. the defense like he did. He Debo had just to give you what Debo he is put a beast. up. Debo's a three beast, receptions, but we knew that going thirty-eight yards, ten carries, seventy-two yards, and one touchdown. That was off his rush. Debo had a great game, but he's been doing great all season, and we knew that he was going to come out and they were going to use him. Kyle Shanahan's a very good offensive-minded coach. They didn't. They didn't use George Kittle at all. Which well, we let their third-string running was, back Elijah Mitchell get ninety-six yards. I mean, for not for the beginning up. of the game, they just kind of ran it down our throats. Like they just kept up the middle yeah. over and over again. And, and we we for some reason weren't prepared, even though they had really the second best rushing attack in pro football. I know, and it's like whenever they're lining up to pass, or whenever it's a pass play, like we obviously know who it's going to. Debo. Debo Samuel, right? Well, we we thought. We that thought. The defense knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not. Yes. But this game was not on our defense. It was definitely on our offense. More agree. importantly, on our quarterback. I agree. And that last that last play at the end was a very controversial play. But, but this it game should not is have come not down on the refs. This game it shouldn't have come down to the very last no. play. It's what Jerry Jones said that – that drive was not indicative of the game. Our defense came through in the clutch moments yes. at the very end of yes. the game. Our offense could not. The score is deceiving. It was more like 23-7, to seven, and then we had a few good drives in the fourth quarter, but it was it was not enough. It was offense just could score. not move the ball down the field. Like, at the very least, no, we not. should have had a few field goals, right? Like, two field goals, and this game is tied, and – you know, maybe we could see it in overtime. We had we had eleven possessions, and we had eight of them where we didn't come up with any points with punts and turnovers. So that is that's unacceptable. I was very I was just very frustrated because our offense has so so many weapons. We've got tons of weapons. Two stud receivers: Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, CD Lamb. Cedric I feel Wilson like Cedric Wilson is on the up and up. He's a, he. Don't sleep on him, you know. Like he's well, out he there. had he had uh, some great catches in that game too. And then Dalton Schultz, actually, I think he's pretty explosive. Dalton he's Schultz scary, is a good, you a know. Good pickup he's always today. there's a large upside is very high for him. Always open. Yeah, he is. Open. I mean, he just finds that hole in the middle of the field, and then when you give it to him, he's it's able today. to. He made a couple yards after catch. He doesn't have any drops plays. really. He doesn't really drop the ball. Like he's very reliable. Okay. He had eight targets and seven receptions, so that's that's a very very reliable. He actually was our leading receiver with eighty nine yards. Mm-hmm. So good job, Dalton. Yep. Way to show up. And then I guess to end this little part with something positive, how about old Brian Anger? Brian Anger, the, the Pro Bowl hunter. hunter, certainly got a lot of work. I would say a lot more than I wanted, but step aside, Taysom Hill. And make way for the new Swiss Army knife, Dude, Brian Anger. One attempt, one completion, sixteen yards, hundred percent completion rating. That's what I'm saying. That's how you. That's what it. I'm saying. Dak, why don't you take some lessons? Hey, the only the yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Hopefully, we will take this loss to uh, regroup and uh, reassess and get ready for next season. Hopefully some changes. We have a lot of things to in the coaching staff next season, offensively, defensively. And then there's a lot of staff issues. Yeah. I was about to say staff issues. Like for example, Dan Quinn, 
could possibly be leaving. There's a possibility. We need to keep Dan Quinn. Kellen Moore. Loss. I mean, there's just a lot going on here. So the Cowboys came out and were very disappointing. Um, as you can tell, we are a little frustrated. A little frustrated. We're Cowboys fans, and we're just not happy as along with Cowboy Nation. And uh, hopefully we can have a better season next season and take advantage of the fact that our, our division is also depleted. And uh, it's probably going to be like that for about one more year. At yeah, least. I would agree. So, I would agree. Come back out, take advantage of it next year. But a very disappointing and heartbreaking loss at AT&T Stadium. At home. For some Sunday. reason, we just did not like to win at home this season. No, we Couldn't didn't. tell you what it was. I got no clue. But let's shift gears to a team that's actually still in the playoffs. A team that's actually winning. So that team that we were talking about is the Cincinnati Bengals, who just won their first playoff game. Super impressive. In 31 years. That is a long time. That is a long time. That's longer than we've been alive. That is. That is. So, Joseph, I would just just like to know. I would like to tell you. (laughs) What has been some of the factors that played into the Bengals' success this year? Well, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways because this is a podcast. The number one factor, the overall number one factor by far in the Bengals' successful season and playoff win, Joe Burrow, who is a kid out of LSU, before that Ohio State, won the national championship, obviously his senior year at LSU. Goes number one in the draft to one of the worst teams we've ever seen in NFL history, a laughing stock. Turns the program around, obviously gets injured uh, pretty soon into his first year. Comes back this year, and he's lighting everyone up. And in the playoff game, it was pretty easy to see uh, his connection with former teammate at LSU, now Bengals teammate, uh, Jamar Chase, with nine receptions for 116 yards. That's really impressive out of the by the rookie. And um, Joe Burrow was just lighting up the Raiders secondary, which isn't mm-hmm. amazing, but it's still really impressive that he did that. And he just has he has the confidence of a veteran QB, even though he's a agree. beginner. And he has he doesn't have a great offensive line. And so he's usually scrambling, but he makes the most out of plays and he he's not afraid to throw it downfield. And then you can even see the confidence in He's able to utilize the offensive weapons that he has, it's I would very, say, it's very, very, very well. Impressive. And then back to what Joseph was talking about with his confidence. That's that's what I really like about Joe Burrow is he sees himself and his team as winners. And what I mean by that is – so after this playoff game, the reporter asked Joe Burrow, and she was like, so – how does this playoff win feel since your team or since the Cincinnati Bengals have not won a playoff game in 31 years? And he at first acknowledged that it was a big win for the city, for the team, because obviously they have had a huge playoff drought. But then he said, it's no big celebration like when they won the division because that's what they're expecting. You know, like he just walked he in to win. and expects to win. Like he has a extremely the high kind of mentality confidence. Right, right. I would agree. And then I feel like that when you have that from a quarterback, it helps rub off it's on everyone else. Because yeah. the quarterback, he's the captain of the team, mm-hmm. right? So exactly. when they Jack, see their captain right. acting like that, it makes everyone else think, all right, well, I guess we got this. Our captain is going to lead us he into the storm. is the reason they've been so successful. I would agree. Him and his young but explosive receiving core. 
mm-hmm. with Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Yes, and then Absolutely. Joe Mixon out of the backfield. They are they are so explosive, and they keep def- defenses on their toes. Dangerous yes. players, and that's with a not very good defense. I wouldn't say absolutely atrocious defense, but the Bengals defense. It's not. I wouldn't say it's, it's average. Anything or, I special? Think it's average. Definitely not anything special. Well, they couldn't really stop Derek Carr as much as they wanted to. Yeah. Um, letting the Raiders get. The I was last a little saddened year. by. I love Derek. Loss. I was. Derek is our boy. Hey, Derek, if you ever want to come on the show, you're welcome. Yes, absolutely. Welcome he has too. a. We love you here. He has a spot. At the one four three. I just wanted Derek Carr to succeed because he's such he's such a good guy. And with everything that the Raiders organization so went through, so much. I'm not saying I feel bad for the John Raiders. Gruden. Not for the Raiders organization, just for Derek Carr. Like Harry that's Ruggs. that's where my sympathy only goes is to Derek. Yeah, Carr. that's true. I wanted him to succeed because he, despite all of that, still managed to get his team to the playoffs. He kind of just said, you know, that doesn't really matter. I'm gonna still lead this team to success, however I can, and that's exactly what he did. And I hope for good things for him in the future the, because I am a for Derek. big, big Derek Carr fan. I, I'm with you, Derek. Derek Carr is a stand-up leader and in an organization with so many problems, he's pretty much the one shining light there. He's also a very good quarterback as well. Like He's very he's very knowledgeable yes. in the game. Yeah, he is. And he actually had a lot of passing yards. He was up there. You know, he had 310 with passing yards. the big dog. He broke 300, and and before this game, uh, when the Raider when he broke 300 passing yards, the Raiders were undefeated this season. Right, right. Uh, until this game, so he did everything he could, and obviously that that last drive in the very end, he took his team all the way down the field, just couldn't put it in the end zone. But props to Derek Carr. I mean, they had every every like opportunity at the end. I thought they were going to do it because they were driving down. But then there was that pick at the end in the yeah. uh, in the red zone. Not much you can do about that. It was fourth and goal. Yeah, I'd agree. They were but trying the, to pull a Chargers from the better the team won. I would agree. The better, the better team, team did the Bengals, win, and they're gonna take on Tennessee on Saturday. And I I don't believe that Tennessee is. I don't know. I'm not sure about Tennessee. I have no one seed. They're not. I don't think they're that threatening. I don't think they're the best in the AFC, which is just leads me to question. I think if they were in the NFC, they would be four. I would say the NFC is harder to get to the Super Bowl than the AFC. You think about so obviously from a Cowboys fan, I'm looking at it from the perspective of Dallas. As you should. You would potentially have to beat Tom Brady at home. And then, if you Nearly do that, impossible. by some miracle, you beat playoff Tom. You have to go to Lambeau Field, Lambeau. beat Aaron Rodgers at home. Not because he's good, but because he's at home. Be- <laughs> I'm okay. just clarify that. Um, and then if you somehow, once again, by a miracle, beat Aaron at Lambeau, which there's only one human on the planet that can play in those conditions, and that's Aaron Rodgers. That Aaron Rodgers. If you beat them by some miracle, then you get to play in the Super I would say, to your point, though, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady because Tom Brady beat him at home in the NFC Championship last year. I would agree. And Tom Brady, let's just – he's the king of playing in the cold. Actually, he's the king of football in general. Yeah, I was about to say, he is the goat. He's the goat. You can't do anything about it. He's the king of playoff football as well. Yes. There's no beating playoff Tom. 
it's it's near impossible. I don't really. I the Bucks I rolled through everyone. I would agree. Last season, they mm-hmm. they rolled through. Mm-hmm. They ended Drew Brees' career. Yes. At home, even in the Super Bowl, they were still just dicing it up. They beat Aaron in the NFC Championship at Lambeau. Yep. Hopefully, they, they can do that again. Patrick Mahomes. Hey, or maybe the Packers can just go ahead and lose. You know, to the 49ers. It would. It would be impressive if the San Francisco 49ers, who are used to sun and warmth, can go to Lambeau Field and beat the Packers. I wouldn't complain, but I would not complain. It either. Would, it I'm would not. Be, I I don't know if anyone can tell, but we're not very big Packers fans. We are diehard not Packers. I'm fans. not. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I don't really like him. I think he needs to cut his hair. I would agree, Aaron. If you're watching right now, please. I think cut he your looks hair. like a bozo with the one strap chin strap. That is a little dated. It's a, it's. Dated. I mean, <coughs> his his helmet is so old. I say. I say. Run with a speed flex, all right? If I were in the NFL... He doesn't need a helmet. The rest don't let him get touched. Flex. So, I mean... Yeah, exactly. The rest exactly. are always on his side. I I think there's no debating that. I'm not, I'm not going to debate that because that's just the facts. I think that's a good segue into our next segment as well. Yes. Um, so, we're going to be giving you our contenders for the Super Bowl, the people we think are going to go. Um, mm-hmm. Nick's going to take the AFC... So I'll take the NFC. So Nick, why don't you go ahead? So my Super Bowl contender is so this was a little bit close. I okay, despite maybe popular opinion, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, okay. Interesting. And I think this next game is going to indicate who the actual mm, AFC contender is. I think whoever comes out of the Chiefs Bills game is going to be the one that I think I think the Bengals are too young and I think the Titans are just not it. I would agree. So the reason why I'm choosing the Bills is because I okay, I see the Bills defense as being better than the Chiefs defense. I would definitely personal opinion. And they've been really hot. They have been hot and also Josh Allen has really I feel like he's gotten into his groove yes. these last couple games. They're coming off a huge win, so they have a lot of momentum. And that was against a pretty good team. The Patriots, obviously, no one was expecting the Steelers. Well, there was a lot of doubt about come. Josh Allen playing yeah. in the cold. That was there the was. big thing. Josh because Allen that was the, the revenge game for whenever they played at home before and the Patriots just absolutely rammed it down their throat. Every single With play. The run game, Mac Jones, and then three passes. They cannot, and then the Bills cannot do anything on offense. And they came prepared this time, mm-hmm. and props to them. And so I understand why they would be your contender. Josh Allen has a lot of dangerous weapons. You know, mm-hmm. you got Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he's Dawson amazing. Knox, Emmanuel Sanders, Devin Singletary. I mean, he's not even McKenzie. A really, really good running back, but like he can make you pay every he's now expensive. and then if you take advantage, if you try and take advantage of him. I feel like. You can maybe, maybe sneak Cole Beasley in there, you know, because what happens is you can get too caught up with Stephon Diggs that you forget Cole Beasley is there, and that's what happened in the Patriots game. Yep. His first reception, I believe, was he caught it and turned around and ran for like 20 yards just because they were so focused on everyone else. But my contender is a weapon. Just ask Tony Romo. Buffalo Bills. I, I respect that. Obviously, don't count out the Chiefs yet. I'm not. That's why I, I'm, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I think whoever comes out of the Bills-Chiefs game is going to be the one that I does it for the AFC. With you. 
I, for my NFC Super Bowl contender, it was not even close in my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because what did we see last year? NFC Championship at Lambeau Field. They lost to the GOAT. And I think Tom Brady is going to rally his troops. I mean, they call him the GOAT for a reason. He's not losing to Matthew Stafford. Let's just get that out of the way. Matthew Stafford will be going home along with the Rams and Sean McVay. And Tom Brady will take Mm -hmm. his team to Lambeau. He will beat Aaron Rodgers again in the NFC Championship. And I believe that Tom Brady will go to the Super Bowl again and play Josh Allen and the Bills. I said it before, and I will say it again. There is no beating playoff Tom. I that is a different that is a different kind of human. Any team that beats the goat, props to them in the playoffs. That's very hard to do. Um. Which is why, even if the Cowboys have beat the 49ers, the Buccaneers nobody have a really good defense. Really so. good defense. And they got their guys back right before the start of the playoffs. Tom Brady is going to get the ball a ton because I feel like they have a really, really and good And Mike defense. Evans is very hard to stop. Mm-hmm. Playoff Lenny, you always got to take Leonard Fournette know, into a The guy's huge. But all in all, it comes down to Tom Brady himself. So our contenders that we have are the Bucks and the Bills mm-hmm. and – if we're right, then you should subscribe and comment. Or you should do that anyways. But that's Obviously, what we think. we're both betting money on this. So if we win, we get we're not betting a million dollars. We are definitely not betting money. Dude, Disclaimer. I'm totally we're not betting money. people. Well, I, I really hope that the Bills get this because I hate being wrong. And I, hate I also losing. hate being wrong. So if that happens, I might just punch Joseph in the face. So, Bills, uh, please win for me. All right. So, as we would like to end our podcast, we always – we're going to incorporate a quote that applies from the game of football to life. Football, football and life. To life. Connected. Football to life. Right Meshed down. together. Okay. This first quote, this first ever brought to you by the Vince Lombardi. The only reason I can tolerate him as a Packers coach is because it's correct. He's a legend. I mean, the Super Bowl trophy is kind of named after him, the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. So it says it right here. You have to have some sort of respect for him. And he's before Aaron Rodgers, so I can kind of tolerate him. Mm. All right. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. That's what we'd like to leave you with. Ain't that the truth? Vince Lombardi. Spitting some bars. Absolutely. So I hope everyone enjoyed our first episode. Please tune in next week for our second episode. Wednesday mornings. Go blow up our YouTube, our Instagram, our everything, our Spotify. Make sure to give us a follow and a subscription. And a comment if you want to hear something specific in our other podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in to Under Review. You have a good week.